0: The following program has been pre-recorded. Uh, this week on Belonging, we have William Rocha from Brazil talking about his vocation story and applying to seminary. I'm not a child
1: anymore, I'm a man and I'm responsible for my decision. So mm. it gets to a point where honoring your parents is different. Right? I was I was feeling a lot of scrupulous even because there is the commandment to honor your parents. Yeah. And and but then I realized that honoring my parents when I am seven years old is completely different than honoring my parents with 31.
0: Next.
2: This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stasekul, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. To find the right young Catholic connection for you, call the Catholic Youth Office of the Diocese of Nashville, 615-645-9762.
0: Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. My name is Zach Jansen with Father Javon here and we're back, uh, g- glad to be back here at the Catholic Pastoral Center uh, doing this show, this ministry, uh, just to tell amazing stories and testimonies here around the diocese. Uh, today we have Mr. William Hoshia from uh, Brazil. He's applying to the seminary here and he's here to tell us a lot about his life, uh, what he's doing as a young man and uh, we're just happy to be back doing the show. So William and Father as well, thank you all being here so
3: yeah thank you for having us here. thank you for inviting me
0: uh, i don't know if anybody can see on the video there weren't matching uh Tennessee state flag hoodies here. I don't know if you, is that just the merch, the UCAT merch? That's uh,
3: just a new swag from UCAT. So, <laughs> just. so I guess you're finding
0: out Father Gervon's uh, way of doing things. You, you just kind of brought in the student thinking, what am I doing here, William? And
1: yeah, I mean, we've been friends for 11 years, but um, as, as soon as I got here, I got to know real Father
0: G in action. <laughs> <Real>. <laughs> so what happened 11 years ago? That how did you all meet? So there is these missionaries um, from
1: United States and other countries that they would go to countries to pray and preach Mm -hmm. uh, about God Uh, uh, and the uh, gospel.
3: Yeah, uh, healing and delivering ministry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then they they went there and me and Father G, we translated them uh, in Brazil. Um, so we, we traveled to a lot of cities in the country and we would help them pray and uh, translate the talks. That's how we met. Um, we also belong to a community. Yeah. This community is called Shalom Community. Okay. And it came from le- the charismatic renewal mm-hmm. in the beginning. But at some point they separated in order to become a new community according yeah. to, the, to the council, the the Vatican II, right? Mm-hmm. And so we became this new community, and we were both members. I am a still member there. Um, that is how we also kept contact.
0: Yeah, that's a, throughout the decade. How huh? you both keeping in Yeah, twice. we yeah. try
3: tried to bring him to Nashville to be a seminarian for eleven years, but finally he. What <laughs> gotcha.
1: happened is, when we met, I was very young yeah. and I was really into studying and working sure, um, and, and having my life and building these projects, which are good. And every time I prayed, God would tell me that they love my projects too. Mm-hmm. They, he, he loves what I love, right? Um, but at some point, when I start getting all the things I was getting and achieving my goals in life, I thought that something was missing. And finally, after 11 years, I thought, hey, Father G, you know, all those things I thought I needed, <laughs> it seems that it's not quite that. So that priesthood thing, maybe you were <laughs> that right, you know. priesthood
0: thing. <laughs> Do you hear that from a lot of seminarians that wanted to try out stuff and think that That's not what's going to make me happy, and yeah, and
3: I think it's you know, it's part of our life that we, you know, we have dreams, and dreams are great, you know, but then at one point it gets to say, Okay, I have everything that I thought that I wanted, but I still empty, or I still something is still missing, you know, and then it gets to a point, it's like, Okay, maybe I need to look for something else. I remember when I because I went to be a missionary and I came back. And then when I finished my, uh, my first degree was in tourism. I got a bachelor's degree in tourism. Yeah. And, and I remember I got my diploma, you know, on the day of my graduation. And I said, this is awesome. Yeah. But that's not what I want to do. Sure. You know, so it was like, okay, now now I finished this, I accomplished this, and then now what? What is the Lord calling me to, to be? hmm And then that's when I, you know, I started to study philosophy and I said, this is where the Lord, you know, wants me to be.
0: That's a great analogy for, uh any path in life whether it's the the priesthood or or, a career path it's uh, a as soon as you accomplish that thing it's like then what or what's next as soon as you get the job promotion yeah or get the house that you finally wanted you think okay now what yeah and uh it kind of leaves you feeling empty in a way but we talk a lot about vocation on the show uh have a lot of vocation directors come on and sisters tell their story and, and seminarians too and uh but it's it's nice when people even of engaged or married couples, and they they use the f- one funny term of like vocation grandparent. Like, oh, I already figured out my vocation. I'm I'm done. And uh, <laughs> but you, obviously you're never you're always living it out every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but w- what has it been like for you? So you're so ten years. So you're 21, I guess, at the time when you kind of meet him. Exactly. Yeah. And so what's on your mind? As uh, did you kind of push the priesthood to the side or you said I want to try out the world first I did
1: I, did, I mean I, I was already part of the church I was active in, yes. in ministries and, and stuff Um but I think I was still carrying a lot of weight on what so- society expects from me and especially my family expects from me so all the dreams parents is that the, the son or the daughter gets married and have a nice family and have a good job Yeah, that's the expectation right and I, I'm just part of society. So I was into this flow uh, of society. But then at the same time, I I, I was having these feelings and this these thoughts that this was not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then when I got everything I wanted, I can now say to my parents, look, I, I did <laughs> yeah, pretty I much, tried. Pretty I much tried. everything you planned, but what do you want? Do you want to... Uh, uh, a son that makes everything you want, or do you want uh, a son that is, is happy and well accomplished in life,
0: not only with material things, but with a whole um, being, right? Um, so in, th- in the process of, a, I guess you're maybe applying for, for seminary soon, what, does your family have thoughts on that? Are they fully supportive of you or was it? They're not supportive not at all. Zop- okay, <laughs> I'm just curious, yeah. So what, what's that like for you? Yeah, so you man? I mean, as I was, I, I talked this
1: to Father G a lot, and yeah. I, I got to the conclusion that I'm not a teenager anymore. No. I'm not a child anymore, I'm a man, and I'm responsible for my decisions. So mm. it gets to a point where honoring your parents is different, right? I was I was feeling a lot of scrupulous even, because there is the commandment to honor your parents. Yeah. and And, but then I realized that honoring my parents when I'm seven years old, it's completely different than honoring my parents with 31. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, if I'm seven, I just say, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Um, but if I'm 31, it's not like that. I'm going to honor them by being a man of God, mm. even if I contradict their plans in my life. And they don't understand that today. Yeah, That that's amazing. But in the future, even if it's in their moments before going to to the lord Mm -hmm. but i hope they understand that one day and that independence i i got and i'm still growing in it every day Mm. because (laughs) it takes time um is what made me
0: give my answer finally to god and accept priesthood that's that's an incredible journey what what can you say about that commitment father of uh this is what I feel I'm called to do. We always say the vocation is, is calling, but yeah. to be respectful to your parents and say, this
3: "Yeah, and, is what and, I feel and, called to do." And you know, we talking. We were talking about last couple of days that that at some point we have to call, to cut the umbilical cord. You know, yeah. and it's hard, and sometimes it's going to be. You know, as you getting married pretty soon. You know, yeah. sometimes it's like okay. Families, and it, it's kind of interesting because your family always did this this way, her family always did that way, and now it's not their families anymore. Now it's mm-hmm. you know, it's not each one of you anymore, but it's both of you. So it's it's hard, you know, m- many times with my parents, I had that conversation, you know, oh, my mom one time said, if I knew you were gonna be a priest, I would have more kids. And <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, but I can't help that, you know? Well, you always say you have hundreds of kids now. Yeah, so I, was I was like, yeah, you have mom. a lot of grandkids, so. <laughs> but, you know, and and it's and, and I think that if you, if you really, if you really, you know, think about this, the, the whole thing about being Catholic is, you know, be open to procreation, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, well, if you would have done what the Catholic church asked you to do, you know, to be open to, to kids, to procreation, that would be different, you know, because that's kind of, that's what the church, you know, mm-hmm. and, and God wants for us is that, the, the fruitfulness, the, the, so we just have to understand that, you know, and sometimes we, in one point, we're going to, you know, have to say, okay, thank you for, you know, but this is not what I want to do. This mm-hmm. is my life. And not to be disrespectful or anything like that, but, you know, if God has called me to something, you know, I have to at least try and see if it is. Because, you know, seminary, what is a seminary? Is that place that you're gonna discover your vocation. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't sign a right, you know, like a empty letter, a blank letter. Yes, yeah. Like, Yes, like, as yes. As you like, how like are you gonna? No, you're gonna go because you are in, in a point of your discernment that that's the next step. You know, it's just like if you find that beautiful girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not gonna tell her, hey, let's get married tomorrow. You know, you're gonna <laughs> say, hey, let's go out, let's, you know, let's date, let's, and that's the, that, you know, in a sense, that's the next step that we are called to do. And then we can say, okay, this is next step. And then you see if it is, if it is not. Same thing, you know, with sometimes we see this beautiful girl and it's like, oh, I want to date her. But mm-hmm. like, well, she doesn't want to date me. Well, it doesn't work. That, you know, so, <laughs> but that's kind of the process of knowing and being able to say, okay, this is the next step on my vocational discernment.
0: Uh, I love that process of being open to it. We had a focus missionary on about a year ago. Who maybe he's dating now or he's single, but he brought up the term of yeah, of being open to it and said, uh, maybe it was you or him, it said every g- good Catholic man should discern the priesthood at some point. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Uh, you know, point I of think view? that it's
1: really important to be aware of that, to know that things are just a process of discernment. Because uh, as we are children of this time, of this society and culture, we tend to relate with time in a different way. It's like we cannot waste time. Every single day, every single year, I have to achieve goals in order to be successful. So we draw plans very uh, precisely, and we need to follow them by the letter. And that's really dangerous because if God asks us to do something different, we tend to feel threatened. And that's what I felt. I I felt that... If I tried seminary or if I tried a missionary life, I would be wasting my time because you graduate, what, with uh, you leave school with 18 years old and then the plan is you to graduate at 22 and then you do a master's and a doctorate and when you are with your 27, 28, you have a, a good job and then at 30 you get married and then you have... So there are all these plans and if anything threatens those plans. And those plans are good. There's nothing wrong with those. Those are good plans. They they are good plans, and maybe they are God's plans, so go for it. But our relation with time is very dangerous because we don't open ourselves to live God's will. And for me, this has always been an absurd. Like, Okay, so let's say that if I go to the seminary and I start to discern my life to priesthood, if it's not it, the year I pass there or I don't know how many times, uh, how many years, uh, how, I don't know, I'll, I'll stay there. But if I say no, today I will not see that time as a waste of time. I will see a time where I try to do God's will mm-hmm. with an open heart, with good will. And if I, if I came to the answer um, no, I'll just keep on living my life. I'm not scared anymore. Of, according to the culture, wasting time. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's not wasting time. It's just giving God
0: the opportunity to work in my life. Yeah, you, you're doing your your best, and if it doesn't work out, and that that kind of clears it up for you. So, w- what's a seminarian's mindset? And those are they? Uh, so they're having a lot of counsel, right? Saying like, you're not here for just by chance, but we're we're going to make sure that this is.
3: Yeah, there's what a you're there's a there's a formation process. You know that you discern. The church discern, you know, the diocese discern, the seminary discern. So it's right. it's it's a discernment process. It's it's, you know, and, and as you go through the process, you say, hey, yes, this is this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and, and and that is the process that will take place. So that's this uh, and. You know, so many guys that I know that w- went to the seminary, spent three, four, five, six, seven years of their lives and then at that one point said, this is, I need to step away from the formation and I need to see, you know, really see the, the why, why I'm here, what I'm doing. And you know, and that's that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. And they come back out of change person. Yes, I'm yes, right. yeah, uh, you know. Out of seminary come either good men a good priest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's the, that's the, at least you went, you try, you saw, and it's come to a point to say, hey, this is not it. That's not it. Hmm. That's powerful. I, rea- uh, I had a really yeah.
1: good experience with Saint Francis. Yeah. He relates to death as sister death. Hmm. She what calls, she calls death sister because he has such a, a strong and close relationship with it. Um, and I when I had this experience, as Francis did, I thought I can die today and my plans will be nothing. I can die tomorrow and my plans will be nothing. Uh, nothing that I that I can build in this life I will take after I die. So I'm not gonna waste time anymore. And now the the Christian wasting of time mm-hmm. is not doing God's will. Because I can die at any moment, and what will I have done, what my story will be if I die and when I get to the lord's uh, when I get to heaven i I would tell him, well, I was just afraid mm-hmm. i i I was always putting my life first, not your will i don't I don't want to say that you know I want to say, man, I did what you what you wanted me to do, and i'm happy and i'm fulfilled." Uh, I think that the, the the awareness of death made me step fo- made maybe give this step forward. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's a I heard a good phrase too. Yeah, God said go and I said no. Maybe something like that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. But there's a good it's a good point. I like how you bring up bring up time a lot. There's what, there's some famous scientist that said I think uh, someone asked him, Would you want to live forever?" and Live, live for eternity and he said no because that's what that's what gives us purpose in life is yeah having a finite life if you had a forever to do anything you'd never there'd be no motivation to live or mm-hmm. or to to do god's will but when mm-hmm. you have a finite amount of time it, it gives you a purpose yeah um or a reason to live um but yeah, that's a tough point with, with wasting time yeah when you when you feel god calling you something but you'll only be you'll be unhappy living a, any other vocation in life.
3: Yeah, and vocation is uh, is a uh, not only a way to heaven, but a way to happiness. You know, when we do and we are what God calls us to be, that's a, that's a completely. Not that it's going to be easy, you know, in any vocation. No, but it's an opportunity for us to be happy, to be a hundred percent happy.
0: Well, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second, but I wanted to ask: Did you go for, to the March for Life as well? Yes, I wanted to yes, ask what that experience was like after having a two-year uh, break from that. Uh, how, how powerful was that? Just to be proud of of your faith and where you stand in, in pro-life. What can yeah. you say? You
1: no, know, I, I was expecting something different before I came to 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 US. Sure, because there is this um, label in America where everybody is Protestant and Catholic. has a very weak. Uh, movement but that's not what i saw when i got here i mean i've been impressing myself every single day because i've been meeting with uh, missionaries young missionaries in their 20s (laughs) and they pray every day they go to mass every day they pray the rosary they are faithful to to in obedient to the church Mm -hmm. and i see them approaching people and talking to people and, and having this welcoming um, behavior towards everybody. And in the March for Life was like this crowds and crowds mm-hmm. marching, you know, defending life and, and Catholics praying the rosary kneeling down in the middle of the street. It was really cold, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it bad this year? Oh, I come
1: yeah, from geez. a tropical country and oh, no. the whole year is so hot. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we Jeez. spend hours in a really cold weather. <laughs> but I was like, offering to God our, my sufferings and everybody's sufferings because I think everybody was cold, right? It's not yep. because I'm a tropical no, no, guy. Cold. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> and not even then, people stopped marching and praying and defending. So for me, it was just a, a wonderful experience of seeing American Catholic
0: faith I agree with you. It do, it is kind of the cliche that there are not too many Catholics. I think in the register last month it said that I think twenty one percent of America is is roughly. We always talk about practicing Catholics. It's mm-hmm. funny, but uh, you yeah, know, it's it's a it's a powerful test. I, I've been there too when it's freezing cold, and um, <laughs> I just thought of this too on a tangent. This is totally switching the pace a little bit, but going back to vocation and stuff. Uh, we had the the of the St. Cecilia congregation, that vocations director. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I loved hearing her story because we always want to see what God wants us to do. Like we're not wasting our time. And it's just like, God, if you just tell me I'll, I'll do it. Just like whispered in my ear when I'm, when I'm praying one time. Uh, but I, I love her story so much that I say a lot of uh, when, when she asked for a sign, she said, give me a, a white rose. If you want me to be mm-hmm. a married woman or a red one, if you want me to pursue religious life and I'll do it, I'll follow it. And the next day, she got flowers in the mail. They said, "They said her name. Like, go look in, in your in your mailbox. There, you got flowers, and it was pink flowers. You know, right now." Right <laughs> <in the middle. laughs> she was like, "Good one, God." <laughs> That's how it is. we're, we're not Good. gonna get a,
3: nice. a, a something in the windowsill telling us this is what you're supposed to do. Huh? But it's it's. That's why it's important in your relationship with the Lord that's why important is your prayer life because it's not like for me it was like one day I was you know holding the microphone for this priest, and I saw my image on the chalice. I've yeah. already told these guys many times, but you know I was looking that image on the chalice, and it was that sweet voice that came to me and said, "Would you be willing to this to do this for the rest of your life you know and I answer. I think I'll be happy to do this for the rest of my life. Mm. And that was a particular moment, you know, because I ex- I exposed myself to 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 be serving, to be, you know, in contact with the sacred, with the priests, and, and, and like, yeah, I think that, I, and it was that, you know, that passage, that, you know, there was a storm, and there was like a hurricane, and God wasn't there, but it was this sweet voice of the Lord that was there. And I was like, yeah, you know, Really, so I think I will be happy to do this for the rest of my life. Speaking of, of you know, laying
0: down your whole life, I was able to only uh, growing up. People always told me if you can't do anything ever again, at least go to one ordination. Yeah, see how powerful it is. I think it was for Father Bolster and Wogan Bush a few mm-hmm. years ago. And uh, but what can you say about the act of of laying part? Is it
3: prostrates at the time? Yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the really and it's as. You know, one of the part of the ordination is the prostration. So the candidate will lay down on the floor and uh as the litany of the saints is sung. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the litany of the songs this of the saints is sung and it's like, Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. So all the saints. And then you just there lay down and and, and the beauty thing is the beautiful thing is like and I did this two times for my deacon ordination and for my priest ordination. But, you know, first of all, when you stand up, you stand up as a deacon. When you stand up, you stand up as a priest. But in that moment of the litany, you know, the your whole vocation story goes through your mind, you know, and you just like, and then all those, you know, hearing those that beautiful uh, litany of all the saints, is like, yeah, those all those people who are, saints before me and hopefully one day I will be there at you Mm. so it's kind of it's one of the and then when you stand up you stand up as a priest because the bishop you know stand up say the prayer and then when you stand up you stand up as a deacon or you stand up as a priest Mm. so it's 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 beautiful yeah it's a beautiful moment on you like okay this is getting serious now <laughs> wow seeing that culminating moment what so what's it like for you in your
0: life uh use this word applying to seminary so where are you at as a young man are you, are you staying here in nashville or are you going back home or anywhere or? yeah I'm, I'm staying here in nashville mm-hmm.
1: so far as i complete all the steps of the process of the mm-hmm. application and yeah. then i'll go back and if the answer is yes i'll come back here on uh, august to start the proper year.
3: What you? So okay. it's a it's a new year information now that the USCCB with the Vatican. It's a year kind of to because you know we have people from so, so many different backgrounds. People who it's a year kind of a zero year. The year mm-hmm. that you start, you kn- you learn how to pray, you know how to live in community, you know in a lot of a lot of in a lot of dioceses, the guys come to the seminary like completely green don't know how to pray liturgy of the hours don't know you know yeah. how to do this so it's that year of in a more specific and concrete way the diocese will get to know the guy and the guy would know the diocese as well
0: yeah that's amazing um seeing where you are at 31 what what would you tell yourself 10 years ago knowing where you are now thinking of applying what what would you say to yourself
1: personally i would say do the thing the same things yeah don't don't take any step like uh without thinking twice
0: uh, well, hey, thank you, William, for and good, and good luck on your, your journey through your vocation. And thank, thank you for you. being on the show today. Thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone our listening to the audience. Remember, you can find our shows uh, wherever you get your podcasts uh, by searching for Belonging for Young Catholic Adults. Uh, we're also on 100.5 FM on your radio dial. Uh, thank you to Father Javon. Uh, Jim Crow does a lot with our show. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.